Okay, before I get to my next guest, Kip Henley, I want to remind you about a few of our sponsors, starting with our friends over at Squares Golf. Are you like me, always considering new golf equipment, maybe a new driver? I'll tell you what, let me reset your thinking because I discovered Squares Golf Shoes. The patented square toe provides balance, stability, and a wider base for increased connection to the ground, effectively increasing your swing speed by 2.2 miles per hour, an average of 9 yards of distance. Independent tests prove it. That's right. It's proven in science. Go to squares.com. That's S-Q-A-I-R-Z.com and get Squares 30-day money-back guarantee. Use promo code DISTANCE for $20 off. Remember, distance comes from swing speed, and swing speed comes from your connection to the ground. And folks, I wouldn't tell you about it if I didn't experience it for myself. I've never felt more stable in my golf swing, which allows me to swing faster and launch it further. Squares, the distance golf shoe. I also want to give a shout out to another new sponsor, Bionic Gloves. Do what you do better with Bionic Gloves. Whether you're looking to own the golf greens, improve your workouts, or get your hands dirty in the garden, Bionic Gloves has you covered. Designed with a hand specialist, Bionic Gloves feature patented innovations that help improve your grip. The strategically placed anatomical relief pads also prevent calluses and blisters while the web and motion zones allow for greater dexterity and flexibility. Head over to BionicLoves.com to find the perfect love to up your game. And I want to remind you about our friends over at Zexio. Back in 2001, Zexio Strixon began making clubs for men and women, and they've improved on those clubs every year since. I was fit for a set of Zexio 10 irons by a great fitter on their staff. He got me dialed in, and they feel and perform fantastically. They are by far the best irons I've ever played. They are light. I have picked up nearly 5 miles per hour in swing speed, and they're deadly accurate. Every part of Zexio clubs are made exclusively for Zexio. Like I say, everything is light and balanced. Swing weights are made to give us the highest smash factors. The best part of getting fit for Zexio clubs is hitting it higher and straighter than ever before, changing your game. Zexio clubs are a Golf Digest Hot List Gold winner for 2021. Congratulations to Zexio Ambassador N.B. Park for her five-stroke victory earlier this year at the Kia Classic. It was her 21st victory, and she did it using Zexio 11 Woods and X Irons. Ernie Ells and top instructor Martin Hall are Zexio Ambassadors as well. See why and how Zexio can help improve your game. Go online to ZexioUSA.com. That's X-X-I-O-U-S-A.com and pick which set is right for you. Okay, now back and next on the tee with me is PGA Tour caddy Kip Henley. Let me remind you about Kip's background. He's from Chattanooga, Tennessee, played his college golf at the University of Tennessee at Chattanooga, where he finished tied for 19th at the 1982 Marshall Invitational and tied for 4th at the Southern Conference Championship. Kip has been a PGA Class A professional since 1988. He played out on the Hooters Tour, the Corn Ferry Tour, and a few times out on the PGA Tour. He's won the Tennessee State Open twice and been the Tennessee Player of the Year four times. He won the Golf Channel's Big Break 2 back in 2004. He's recently had back-to-back top 20s in the Tennessee Senior State Open in 2017 and 2018. He's been a caddy on the tour for several years, carrying the bag for players like Jason Bond, Garrett Willis, Stuart Sink, VJ Sink, Austin Cook, Brian Gay, and Boo Weekly. In 2017, he was inducted into the Chattanooga Sports Hall of Fame and I'm honored he is back with me again tonight here on Next on the Tee. 
Hey, Kip, thanks for coming back on the show. What's up, little buddy? How are you? I'm fantastic. Kip, how are you? I'm good. Boy, I need you as my publicist. I didn't know I had been so good at golf until you said all that. <laughs> <laughs> You've done a heck of a lot in the game, Kip. You're, you're very well decorated, my friend. Talk to me. I, I'm surprised. <laughs> I, I would expect to see you up in the top five or ten at the Tennessee State Open over the last couple of years. Why haven't we seen you out there? You know, I, uh, it usually just doesn't work out of my schedule. I get to participate, and, and if I do, the young kids just beat my brains in anymore. So I've always said, though, when I, uh, I used to say, I don't say anymore, but back in the old days when I was swamping everybody in Tennessee golf and winning a few things here and there, I always said I'm the greatest player you've never heard of. But <laughs> I can't say that no more. There's plenty <laughs> of great players out there. I'm old and washed up now, man. So, Kip, I see you're you're out there in Idaho. I'm guessing you're on the bag for somebody at the Boise Open. Who are you uh, who are you looping for? Yeah, I'm working for my boy Dirt McGirt out here, and uh, it's uh, I'm pretty excited. You know, we uh, he's just trying to get his status better. He's got he's got 19 major medical starts for the upcoming PGA Tour season. No matter what we do this these three weeks, but he's here, you know, trying to get some reps under his belt and uh, improve his status, but. He's playing so good. I mean, he went around in 63 yesterday in the Pro-Am, and it was an easy 63. So I'm excited about what's going on. And, you know, he's back healthy again for the first time in a long time. He's had a couple of major hip surgeries. He's been out of the game for a while. And, he, you know, he came back last year and he played sporadically. But uh, he's, he's ready to get out. He's healthy and ready to get after it. And I'm ready to be his uh, heavy carrier of stuff. So I'm ready to go if he is. <laughs> And the the tournament is up there at the Hillcrest Country Club. Russell Knox has got the uh, course record. He shot a 59 there back in 2013. You mentioned shooting 63. Is a is a 59 out there? Very easy. Uh, Dirk shot 59. I mean, he shot 29 on the front side yesterday. And let's see what he has: three birdies and a bogey on the back nine. So that's added up. It's par 71. So uh, yeah, it's definitely out there because you know it's only like 68 yards tipped at 6800 yards tipped out so it's not super long you know and you give these guys wedges and stuff and where they can and when they can get on the par fives uh and two you know without too much trouble there's only like one you know par five that takes two good swings to get it on in two and that's number three but the rest of the par fives are taking ice cream the other two and so there's one drive of a par four, and the par threes don't stretch out. There's only one par three that stretches out. It's pretty tough, but uh, um, the, the, you give these guys wedges in their hand and decent putt surfaces, which these are, and, and they're going to light it up. So, and there's no rain in the forecast, and you know there's smoke in the air from the uh, some forest fires somewhere, you know, around here. I don't know, I'm way away from here, but it's blown in, and it's not as beautiful as it normally is here. And, in Boise, but it's still beautiful. The humidity is going to be low. The temperatures are going to be nice, but uh, I look for a great week. The, the scores will be fabulous this week. Jeff, you mentioned the par threes, and I, I saw you made a ruling on Twitter recently. Holding ones on par three courses don't count. Really? They don't count? Yeah. I, no, I am absolutely, I am the par three, uh, I don't know what's the word, uh, czar. I am I mean, the hole-in-one czar. You have to come through me to get credit for your hole-in-one. These guys are claiming hole-in-ones on par three. Par three golf courses are insane. I call it heat for that. But you cannot do 
you know, I've had 13 hole-in-ones. I'm crazy lucky. I, I mean, I've topped four woods in the hole and everything. So, but none of my hole-in-ones are, all, are counted off the par threes. I grew up playing this little rink-bink golf course called uh, Wilcox Boulevard, and it was a par three. Like, the longest one was, like, 110 yards, and the shortest one was, like, 50. We made hole-in-ones all because we would go around. We play, you know, we play 100 holes a day. We make hole-in-ones, like, almost every other day. And those aren't on my account. So hole in one, but you have to do finger quote air quote and say, but <laughs> it was on a par three course. So that's that's the only way you can say I have a hole in one. You cannot say count that in your hole in one count. But it's just the rules. I, I don't I uh, I don't make them. I kind of make them, but <laughs> I like to, I like to stir the pot, as you might guess. <laughs> What about at Augusta National at the par three contest on the Wednesday? Those don't count? No, absolutely not. Especially they put those things at the bottom of those funnels where every ball feeds right to the hole. That's crazy talk. You say, I made a hole in one on the par three course at Augusta, which is pretty cool. But you cannot say, you cannot count that in your hole in one total. If you've only got a hole in one on a par three course, you do not have a lifetime hole in one. You have a par three hole in one. That's all. That's all. You can't count it any other way. And some guy said, "Oh, so my son had three hole in ones on putt putt last night." If you count the par three courses, you got to count the putt putt. And I go, "You're exactly right." Case closed. The next case is walking into the courtroom. Uh, that's great, Kim. I, I want to get your thoughts on the Ryder Cup, and and then I'm, I'm going to make you Ryder Cup captain for the U.S. team. So. According to the points, right? You get six guys are in. Colin Morikawa, DJ, Bryson DeChambeau, Brooks, JT, and, and Xander Shopley. Those guys are all in. Then you got Jordan Spieth, Harris English, Patrick Reed, Daniel Berger, Patrick Cantley, and Tony Finau. And the, you know, they, they round out the top 12. And so, right. Captain Kip Henley, are, are, are you, would you take the chalk and just take those other six and there's your 12? Or do you like uh, other guys that you would make uh, kind of mix and match some other guys in there? Well, I'm going to mix and match, and I'm probably going to commit caddy suicide here by saying these guys and leaving some out. But I mean, uh, how, I mean, how do you leave a guy like Berger off? Berger, he barely talks to me. He don't even like me hardly out there. And how do you leave that guy off? Because he's a tough sucker, you know. He loves to gamble. I'm going to take those kind of guys that just love matches and love to gamble and love to. The chit chat and the, you know, the giving the needle. I mean, I'm going to put Phil Mickelson on that team. I'm going to put Berger on that, put Jordan Spieth on that team just because he just puts and that putter in match play will just beat your brains in. It'll drive you crazy. Those guys hitting those 20 footers, there's nothing more demoralizing than match play. But I want a couple of young guns like Berger that, you know, you can't call him a young gun anymore, but the guys that just love the gamble and things like that. And even though the course is huge, I mean, kids, God, I hate to leave kids off that team. I mean, there's a lot of guys, I mean, Harris English, just because he's just such a quality human being, how do you leave that guy off the team? But uh, I, I, I would uh, I envy the guy getting to choose, but, I, you know, I kind of feel sorry for the guy getting to choose. He's going to hurt some feelings this week, or coming soon, I should say, this week. What about um, your old boy, Stuart Sink? I mean, he's had a couple of wins this year, had a nice Masters, finished tied for 12. Is there a case to be made for someone like him, not just for his play, but his veteran leadership that uh, they may need in that team room? 
No doubt about it. What a quality guy. I mean, if nothing else, the whole team comes out of their higher morals at the end of the week than they had going in because Stuart Seek is one of the highest moral human beings I've ever met, especially the golf pro. I mean, the guy's got two W's in the season. He's not even on the team. That is amazing. Our team is going to be so strong. And I know the Euros, they team up and they're better teammates than we are, but we're just going to outclass them this year. We're just going to beat the pants off those cats. But how do you leave that guy off the team? But, I mean, I don't see him getting chosen if he if he doesn't make it on his own merit, you know. And I don't know when the I don't even know enough of when it runs out to know when it when it's over with when he has to choose. So, so speaking of teammates, Kip, you know I, I, we all have heard tons about the Brooks and Bryson issues. You know, Patrick Reed isn't the most popular guy out on tour. How do you make up the pairings, yeah. and how do you keep the team room from turning into a circus when you've got those three in there? If 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 really truly, I mean, if, if you have to guard the team room, if there's a guy who pulls away from the team in any way whatsoever, I mean, I blackball that guy forever. If there's anything that has to, if you have to t- tell someone, hey, listen, dude, we're a team, we're not an individual. If you have to tell an individual that, I promise, I spread it around. You, if you choose this guy, you're an idiot. If you don't make it on his own merit, you cannot have. It's all about that's why the Euros beat the crap out of us. They're having more fun than us and they're teaming up and they're pulling for the guys. And we've been a you know, we've been a, a strong team of individuals. But Paul Azinger was the greatest captain we've ever had on Ryder Cup. You can I'll go to my be- deathbed saying that. And Zinger don't even like me that much. But the guy is an incredible <laughs> he was he was smart enough to team guys up. You know, he searched out even the military guys and goes, Who do I put? And what foxhole? And he was smart about it, and it worked. And I, I can't believe that we we didn't do like the the uh, Euros did. Jacqueline, leave him on there till we beat him. He should have been coaching them all. If it's important, let the guys that doesn't get doesn't get beat. Let him coach it. But so that's what it's about. You find out who clicks together and things like that. And I mean, I mean, I would call I call in those military guys. I mean, I just saw, I tweeted the other day, if uh, somebody called this guy into the Ryder Cup Euro, uh, the the Ryder Cup team, the uh, guy who's, I, I tweeted, if you follow me on Twitter, I tweeted about the guy, and he's telling his story about being in Afghanistan and stuff in Iraq, and it's incredible. Those are the cats that you need in there to inspire, you know, and take some of the focus off the game, that realize it's just a game, but play your best. Be a great teammate. But if you're not a good teammate, you, you're not ever going to be on one of my teams, I promise. Kip, you let's talk about focus. There's been a lot of it on Bryson DeChambeau over the last year. And if, if you're out there and you're looping for a guy and you're paired, you know, with Bryson on a whatever day of the week it is, but, you know, you, you get the fans that are out there jeering him and the Brooksy thing and all of that sort of thing. How do you keep your player focused and not get kind of sucked into all this stuff that's going on with Bryson DeChambeau, particularly if it's, you know, on a Sunday like we just saw with Harris English. How do you keep him focused and away from that? You, you know, I get the press and the TV. You know, they have to have stories. It can be a boring game, you know, at times. And they they need – that was good for the game for about 10 minutes. Brooksy and, and uh, Bryson, their little feud, that was good for the game for about 10 minutes. But – if if the fans are starting to uh, interject too much into the game, calling uh, Bryson Brooksy and things like that just obsessively, 
uh, the tour needs to be better about letting the uh, guys throw. You know, if if guys are crossing the line excessively, toss them out. You know, you don't see that at Augusta. You don't see the fans screaming out crap at Augusta because everybody knows they have the total power at Augusta. You mess up, you're gone. So if everybody doesn't mess up. The tour needs to be, you know, I, I want the young fans. I get it. I want the tank top guys. I want the rednecks. I want the beer drinkers. I want the guys with the music to have a place in the game. I'm not trying to run them out of the game. But when it comes to the PGA Tour event, there needs to be a little bit more of a heavy hand when it comes to bad fan behavior. Full of them. The other, the other idiots will calm down, you know. They'll see it go, well, if I scream out right here, I'm going to get tossed over. So I'll get on the other side of the fence. So there needs to be a little bit more of a heavy hand in the thing. I don't want to run off the young screaming guys that much but i mean there's a middle there somewhere and right now i think the fans are uh, past that and and that's you know it's it's kind of what america's got into now with the you know the uh the the self what's it called the the you know i don't know how to, what the word i'm searching for but the the the, the fans or the young people that just just does they just lack respect a little bit right now there needs to be a little bit of pull it back the other way so is that on Jay oh, Monahan? Does, does the tour need to step in? Yeah, and I mean, I love. I mean, Jay Monahan is by far and away the greatest uh, guy we've ever had out there. Dean Beeman killed it, you know. And what's his nuts? He had his own uh, little hours here and there. But Jay Monahan, that guy's a hands-on. He knows all the caddies. He knows all the players. You know, I know one or two of the the. Uh, commissioners that didn't know but like two of the caddies names and stuff jay monahan is on he's a hands-on guy he's a smart cat but uh yeah i think it you know i i i put it back on him a little bit to say okay boys this team in let's take it back just a little bit on the fan bad fan behavior it's just a little it's not a lot it's just a little so you asked me the question how do you keep your guys head out of that but if you're I don't know about the, the answer to that question. If your guys worrying about what everybody else is doing, you're going to have a fringe player anyway you're caddying for. You know, if you got a guy who's taking care of business and worrying about his own stuff, that's the guy that's going to make you some money as a caddy. Kip Bryson and his caddy, Tim Tucker, recently kind of went their separate ways. And Bryson seems like a, a pretty demanding kind of player, not only with all the calculus and geometry that he wants you to do to give him the precise yardages that he needs, but also, you know, the practicing, right? I mean, the practicing in the dark, the lights are on. Seems like a lot to ask for, from your caddy to, you know, carry my bag all day long in a four or five hour round and then, uh, you know, get out on the practice range and, and help me until all hours of the night. Is, is that, is that overstepping? Is that too much to expect from a caddy? Mm, not if you're paying the right thing, but you're not going to be able to replace him. I, I always say that Timmy was, Timmy for Bryson is the same as, as Teddy was for Bubba. I mean, those two guys could go out and they could conduct 20,000 great caddy, you know, people that are known for caddy interviews. And if they chose anyone but those two for themselves, they chose the wrong guy. Those two guys were built for their men. And of course they're, they're getting paid. You know, if, if Bubba finished 125 on the money list every year and didn't have any masters win, Teddy would be long gone sitting at home doing golf lessons smart guy but and, and i'm not saying you know teddy is the he's very tolerant of Bubba and, and they're great friends and teddy is a great human being but if you're not making money big money 
and you're getting treated sometimes kind of rough and stuff, then you're going to stick your chest out and fight back here and there. But just a couple times as a cat, you got to swallow your pride and let it just pass over the top of you. Something I'm not very good at, but Timmy was a great caddy. <laughs> for I'm telling you, every time Timmy quits, and this is like his third time, every time Timmy quits, Bryson runs through the caddies, you know, he picks up idiots like me and goes, well, this guy can't do what Timmy did, and he can't put up with me like Timmy did, and I'll hire Timmy back for more money. So Timmy, you know, I know he's got that shuttle business order, but I predict that Bryce will hire him back for more money than he hired him the last few times, and he'll come back and he'll kill it again together. But they're a, they're a match made in heaven, those two. Chip, just a couple more before I let you go. And, and as a caddy, you know, let's talk a little bit more on the personal life. How do you find a player that's a solid player and is going to help you make money, but also is going to, you know, truly cares about you and your time with your family and the things that you've got going on and just doesn't care about themselves? You know, that it's a hard, that's a hard nut to crack right there, boss. But that's exactly where it's at. You know, I'm with uh, Dirk McGirt, you know, and uh, he's been out of the game for a while and he's 42. And a lot of people think he's probably on the back nine of his career. But working for uh, William McGirt, the guy pulls you in. He he respects your opinions. He'll ask your opinions about the game. And you know, man, if me and old Dirt ever get a win together, it's going to be tears involved because he lets you be a part of the team. And that's so important for the cat. Cash, you know, you're away from your family. You're away from your kids. You're missing your grandkids. And you're missing the, the proms. You're, it's a tough, tough gig. If things aren't going good, it's a super tough gig. I had a caddy come to me today, and I won't say his name. He goes, Kip, what should I do? I don't know what to do. I had a guy, and I'm not his guy anymore. I'm looking around. I'm bouncing around. I kind of got a ding bat here and a ding bat there. What should I do? And I go, brother, I, I'll, I'll, I'll just think about you and, 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 and pray for you. I said, I don't know what to tell you to do because I just no answer. Going good, we have the second greatest gig on earth. The guy we're handing the club to has the greatest gig on earth. But us caddies chasing the sun and seeing the beautiful cities and all the ball games and the tickets, man. If if it's going good and your guy's up there and he's in like the top sixty or seventy on the money list and you're making bank and you're kind of putting away money, the caddies don't have retirements. You know, the only retirement we have is what we put in. So you're, if you're not making a lot of money, more than people think you should then you're not putting away any money either. And there's a lot of broke, broke caddies on the PJ Tour. But when it's going good, Chris, there's nothing better. I mean, it's so sweet. when uh, and, and if your guy brings you in like you ask, and it's so sweet. So it's just that. There's no, I mean, you, you, can't put a, you can't put a price tag on our job late Sunday afternoon. It is the most cool job in the world. Now, when you're making those, you're at the Delta checkout counter on Friday night, our jobs suck. <laughs> Kip, before I let you go, let our listeners know, how can they stay up to date with you and all the great things you're doing, follow you on social media? I don't know how much great stuff I'm doing, little buddy, but I'm uh, I'm on Twitter, and I think it's just Kip, and I don't even know how to look my up, and I'm kind of I'm opinionated on there, but I like to have fun. And, you know, and I was going to take jabs here and there at you, but if you're my buddy, I'm your, I'm your close buddy. So like I am with you, you know, you're a good dude. You don't throw rocks at me and you let me be an idiot. You don't say, Kip, you're an idiot. Those are the guys that I like. <laughs> I have too many to go, Kip, you're an idiot. So, 
So I spent a lot of time on that block button too, little buddy. <laughs> no doubt. Cool. I want everybody to pull You're awesome, shirt. my friend. I appreciate the fact that you gave me some time on a busy night for you. Best of luck to to you and uh, and Dirt McGirt this weekend. I'll be watching and uh, pulling for you both. You're fantastic, my friend. Awesome being on here with you. And I have a thing. Everybody pull for Dirt McGirt. I have a thing in life. The more people that pull for your guy, the better they do. It's just the, the, the circle of life. So everybody pull for McGirt and help a little broken down caddy out. I appreciate you. <laughs> Absolutely. Take care, Kip. Stay safe, my friend. All the best to you and your family. Peace. See you, Kip. That's a great Kip Henley, and he's a great follow on Twitter, my friends. You, you got to follow him and then uh, give him some positive vibes, he and McGirt, this weekend. Hopefully they have a great uh, a great week. I'd love to see uh, Dirk go out there and, uh, and, and shoot one of those 59s and hopefully uh, be right there at the top of the leaderboard come Sunday, pulling hard for both of those guys. 